Hi, I'm Teresa, owner of T3Fit, and you're listening to the T3Fit podcast, where scoliosis warriors and professionals come together. Here we talk about our scoliosis journeys and the emotional components it takes on from being a parent to being diagnosed with scoliosis and sometimes leading to surgery. It's a place where professionals share their expertise of treatments, from physical therapy to surgery, and so much more. So let's get started. Hey, everybody, welcome to the T3 Fit Scoliosis podcast. On today's episode, we have a chiropractor. His name is Dr. Jason Cooney, and he is located in Clifton, New Jersey. He has 25 years of experience, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. 23, almost. 23 years experience. Um, (laughs) He has worked with people who have scoliosis, and he's going to share with us his experience of that and with his patients and what he has learned along the way and what he has helped his patients with along the way. So Jason, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So please, so tell us a little bit. So I know you, right? We go back a long way. Um, (laughs) But you you got started as a chiropractor, you said, at the age of 26. What was the pivoting time in your life that you Well, actually, I grew grew up with chiropractic because my father was a chiropractor. So I had always been exposed to it uh, from a young age. And I saw him help people. And I was always fascinated with it. I didn't know I wanted to do it for a profession, uh, but I was kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And, and he said, well, why don't you come and, and really spend some time with me and, and see what I do. So I did that. And uh, I thought it would be something that I would really enjoy helping people. Um, and I was always fascinated by anatomy. And so that's kind of how I got into it um, initially. Uh, and in fact, when I graduated, um, I was able, he was still in practice and I was able to work with him for about eight years and learn learn uh, a lot from him. Okay. Uh, and, and he was one of the like early chiropractors, you know, that started out in in the seventies. Um, so the 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 education has actually improved a lot since then. Um, but those uh, those old guys really uh, started it all, and and it, it was very interesting to learn from him. Um, so that's initially how I, how I got into it. Uh, chiropractors and and uh, Scoliosis is, is interesting uh, because uh, you have to, as a chiropractor, chiropractor is just like anything else. There's good ones and bad ones, right? So, um, you know, y- you have to be very selective and careful who you go to. I always say it's good to have a recommendation by somebody who's already going um, or somebody who always already has a reputation out there um, that's established because, you know, there are some guys out there, unfortunately, that will say, um, no matter what you have or what your condition is, that they're going to cure you with chiropractic. And yeah. it's just not the case. You know, you have to know your limitations, um, especially with scoliosis is a good example because, you know, there may be a chiropractor out there that's going to say, well, you know, if you have scoliosis, come to me and we're going to, you know, fix your scoliosis. And uh, that's just, you know, if they say that run for the hills, basically. 
um, because uh, uh, chiropractic can be very effective in stabilizing the spine, slowing down the progression of the scoliosis, um, strengthening uh, through exercises the muscles. Um, but it's very difficult, especially with a congenital scoliosis as opposed to an acquired scoliosis. With a congenital scoliosis, it's very difficult to, to completely reverse this, the curve uh, with okay. chiropractic. So um, I always say to people, you know, be weary of, of chiropractors promising too much, you know, okay. um, because, you know, but that being said, they can help you a lot with pain, uh, a lot with range of motion, um, and a lot with the stabilization of the spine um, through exercise, which is essentially what what you're able to do with the mace, which is fantastic. Uh, and it's similar, like we, we would do other type of exercises, uh, core stabilization, mm -hmm. um, a great exercise uh, that we do is just simple bridging, which uh, you, you're familiar with a bridge, making it, you lay down and you, uh, you basically your elevate your pelvis. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Um, crunches and stuff. I don't like a full sit up because when you do a full sit up all the way, you're really, once you get to the very top, you're stressing the spine a lot, mm -hmm. uh, but a crunch or a bridge is a great way. Um, so uh, my experience is I've had a lot of success with active care, meaning exercise and stabilization of the spine. Um, but it's, it's only gonna be as effective as the person is willing to uh, do their own work basically, because you can only do so much, yeah. you know, the, the chiropractic can, can, can help you and lead you uh, to in the right direction, but the person has to be really willing to put the work in on their own time, do the exercise, do the stretching, um, and work with you, and that's where you get the best results. So, so, so how does that work? So they come and see you, and then they have exercises, or I'm going to say in air quotes, homework to do with you? in between Absolutely. their in between their right. sessions well and i'll do right go ahead i'm sorry no no go ahead go ahead i'll 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 teach them the exercises mm -hmm. i'll give them uh you know they can they can look at videos and and they'll have uh they'll learn the exercises um there will be some uh manipulation if if they want it and if if uh, it's uh shown to be effective with that individual everyone you have to i like to treat everyone individually um, and see, uh, one, you have to determine, well, what's the extent of the curve? Um, I get all sorts of people uh, with really extreme curves, but also with very mi mild curves, okay. um, you know, that are five degrees, 10 degrees, 15 degrees. Mm -hmm. once, once I have a patient that goes beyond 30 degrees, um, they, if they don't already have one, I'm sending them right to the orthopedist at that, okay. at that point, um, okay. because they should at least, uh, have a consultation with them so that they can follow the track of the, the, the progression of the curve. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'll move them on, but basically how it works is we would, we would, uh, obtain, uh, x-rays. We would, uh, whether the radiologist or myself will do the Cobb angle, we, we determine the, uh, the exact degrees of the curve. Okay. Usually we'll see an S curve, um, but there are some C curves. Uh, and then we determine, we'll muscle test them. And that's really important because with scoliosis, you're going to have muscles that become weak, inhibited, inactive, and uh, 
part of the treatment is is to strengthen those muscles right. so that they start firing again mm-hmm. and they start uh you know supporting the spine so we take x-rays we'll muscle test them we'll check their range of motion uh then we get their baseline findings basically what we call and then from there we develop an exercise program and a protocol for the treatment which usually involves uh a lot of stretching i'm a firm believer that um you know there's two parts to this. One is strengthening, which is very important, but, it, mm-hmm. but also, as you know, flexibility is, is important. We want to maintain a, some level of flexibility. Yeah. And, and I think that's, you know, you're doing actually uh, both with the mace, yeah. which is really amazing. Like you're getting uh, that the firing of those muscles and the strengthening of the, the supportive soft tissues, but you're also helping with the range of motion as well. So um, that's basically how we'll, we'll start out. And then we monitor the progress. And if someone's not improving with treatment, again, that's where we'll move them on to another specialty, whether it's PT, acupuncture, orthopedic care, pain management, whatever it is, you have to know if you're going in the right direction. You don't continue to treat somebody if they're not responding to the, to the treatment. And, and in, terms so. of, in terms of the treatment, what, what are some of the well, how long does the treatment last? Uh, well, well, you go in, in uh, you set goals and you, you basically reevaluate every four to six weeks. Okay. So um, if, if you're going in the right direction and you're helping the person and they're reporting that they have decreased pain and increased strength and range of motion, the treatment will go on indefinitely, you know, as long as okay. they're, they're benefiting from mm-hmm. it. Okay. Um, but if someone's acute and they're having pain and, and they just want to basically get out of pain, typically you're going to have something like a three month treatment plan, something okay. like that. Okay. And then after that, they'll go on some maintenance. And, and what are the age ranges? Cause I know with adolescents, it's very different with scoliosis sure, as opposed sure. to, you know, people who are more mature, I'm not going to say aging, Absolutely. but more mature. Um, Absolutely. so what's, what are some of the age ranges that you so, have personally worked experience. with? So typically we get them when they're initially diagnosed uh, in adolescence. Um, So, you know, somewhere right after puberty is where a lot of these, you know, unfortunately uh, they're not always going to be caught um, early on, Mm -hmm. you know, if, unless the parents are, are, um, have a history of knowing about it or, or they, they see a specialist. So uh, a lot of times it's that first, uh, that nurse, that school nurse that, that identifies, you know, bend down, yeah, to go along the spine. <laughs> your back, <laughs> the curve. but even that interesting enough, when you do that forward flexion test, if, if, if the, the curve is very mild, you know, uh, someone might miss it at that age, yeah. but um, typically if it's severe or um, if the person starts to have pain, I know when you were an adolescent, you already had had pain and symptoms at that at that. I point, never had right? pain. I never oh, had really? pain. Yeah, I never had pain. Uh, I didn't have a noticeable rib hump. The only thing you could see right. was one scapula protruding out. That was so. It. How did how did they how did your uh, you know how did they find it and then what was your progression with that with the doctors? The, you know, I don't remember how they found it, but I remember at the end. Um, I had had to have the Milwaukee brace. And then in junior high school, I had a brace. Uh, and 
I had the surgery and my degrees were 45, 50. Wow. And I had the Harrington rods fused to my spine. Yeah. And that was yeah. in 82. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So typically we'll, we'll get um, them in adolescence and that's the best time to get them because you can still help them uh, again, not to reverse the curve, but to mm -hmm. stabilize it and okay. slow it down. Um, you know, the curve can progress uh, one to two degrees every year, um, depending on treatment. So you really want to catch them early. Um, so that's really the beginning, usually about 12 or 13. And then I'll get people who are, you know, all the way up to their 40s and 50s, um, who never really had a brace, never had treatment, mm -hmm. but because they're, they're aging, they start to get the degenerative and arthritic changes that go along with that. And they start having a lot of symptoms, basically pain at that point. Okay. So I'll see, I'll see some people up into 30s, 40s, and 50s that it's basically the first time that they're even addressing it you know, so, wow. um, okay. yeah. And, so, and are uh, those people in pain when you, have you, yeah, that? usually that's why they're, that's, that's what brought them in okay. is usually okay. they, they started, they start to get pain. Okay. And, um, you know, it's not unheard of typically, um, those people are, are, are not always, uh, surgical candidates depending on, you know, how old they are, but, but mm -hmm. I've heard of people even getting that, getting it in their thirties and forties. Um, but you like to do the surgery at a young age because um, it's much more effective. And, and I think the outcome is a lot, is a lot more effective. Yeah. You so know, I, you get it younger. So I have a question. So you, mm -hmm. I'm going to throw this example out here. You have an adolescent who has a curve, let's say it's 35. And then you have somebody in their thirties who has a 35. Would you do the same techniques if those people were identical in their curvature and their skeletal structure? Uh, you could do the same exercises and they can still uh, receive some manipulation, but again, you're going to, you're going to treat everybody specifically. So the younger adolescent um, is going to uh, probably be capable of withstanding um, a little more uh a little more higher level manipulation, a little, okay. a little more exercise. They, and, and, and you can do a lot more without the presence of pain, you know, because people can do more. So, right. um, the adolescent is, is going to be a little, uh, I think you're going to get better results, okay. um, because of their younger and, and, you know, they don't have, uh, the degeneration and the arthritic changes, uh, in the spine yet. So uh, you could you can be a, a little bit more aggressive. Um, I'm not as super aggressive uh, at manipulation. I, I think you can get the job done without um, being too rough. And uh, you know that's one of the differences between kind of the old school chiropractic and the new school. Like you know it, it's a lot of it is technique. So mm -hmm. if you have the proper technique, you know everyone's so scared about manipulation and, and getting adjusted. Not everyone, but. Um, I think a lot of that is the technique of the doctor and his ability to do it without too much force is a lot more effective. So how have things changed? From example, from your father who was, you know, a chiropractor, was he more aggressive when he performed? I think they were a little rougher. Yeah, they, 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 they were very aggressive with their manipulation and um, not that it wasn't effective, but uh, you, uh, 
I think over the years, as the profession has evolved and uh, the techniques have certain techniques have evolved, uh, there are, there are other ways, you know, to do it with, okay. without being as aggressive. And, and I think, uh, you know, you want to be as, as gentle as you can with still getting the job done, basically. And you have know. you, what's your thoughts on doing, uh, perf performing these, uh, manipulations with somebody who has a spinal fusion? Basically, you're really not going to be manipulating the areas that are fused. Uh, however, you can uh, treat the levels above and below the fusion uh, with manipulation, but uh, you really don't want to be manipulating into a spine uh, that's stabilized. And there's a reason it's stabilized. You know, you're trying to not move it right. and to and to keep it straight. So you wouldn't manipulate that. The one thing though that tends to happen in some people is uh, when you when you fuse the spine, there's is an aspect where the spinal level levels below and above tend to have to pick up a little bit of more slack, for a better word. They have to okay. work harder. Okay. So you can have uh, degeneration and changes that occur uh, on the other levels that aren't fused because mm -hmm. they're working harder and they're 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 doing most of the work. Um, so uh, you can still treat them, and with people I, that have fused spines, you can still uh, get them relief uh, of their muscle pain. So I, you know, we we don't just do manipulation here. We, I do, uh, uh, the modalities, we do electric stim, we do ultrasound, we do combination ultrasound, which stimulates the muscles. There's some massage techniques, there's trigger point release. There's a technique called active release where you're stretching a muscle because a lot of people with scoliosis will get, um, even though they're not going to necessarily have uh, nerve or spinal pain, if, if the surgery is successful, they will have muscle pain. Um, so, uh, you work with the muscles as well. Okay. And that's something we can do with fusion. And, uh, that's great that you don't have a lot of pain though. And I, 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 I think that maybe because of your exercise, right? Yeah. I, I, so in the winters, it gets really hard for me, but I have to exercise so that I don't have. And one of the things that's very important, and this, this is not just with scoliosis, we find this with degenerative conditions in the spine is movement motion. We say, say it's kind of cheesy. We say motion is lotion, basically, you know, so I like it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because like the more sedentary we are, the more stiffness tends to occur. Yeah. So you want, that's why the exercise and movement, even just plain old walking, you know, people like, and it's interesting, you would think that people who have manual labor jobs, you know, have the worst backs. Uh, and they, they, they can get hurt and they can have injuries. But uh, what I'm seeing and a lot of the research is showing now is the people with the worst backs are the people who sit at desks all day, you know? They, they, what is not it? moving. Sitting is the new smoking? Yeah. And it's because, so when you sit, basically you have uh, just compression yeah. happens, gravity and compression happens over the spine. And especially in the lumbar spine, where that's where basically all the weight of your torso is going to wind up. Right. So another thing uh, I'm seeing uh, with a lot of adolescents now 
unfortunately, because of the smartphones and just about every kid has a smartphone, um, is they just sit and they're looking at their phones and my daughter does this as well and I'm always yelling at her and she yells back at me to shut up, but um, <laughs> is posture. And, yeah. and so if, if anybody has a child, it's really important to impress upon them at an early age, the importance of sitting up straight because a simple thing like slouching over time, especially with a curve in your spine could have yeah. a really detrimental effect. I want to ask one more thing about uh, spinal fusions with mm -hmm. chiropractor. Is there anything that you would say for people like not to do? I mean, I know you talked about people doing their research and really being, you know, being very self-involved, which is super important. Um, but is there anything that like if somebody wanted to have an adjustment? Um, I would just say that, you know, they ask the right questions. Uh, I, I would I would advise them not to have someone aggressively manipulate into the fused area. Um, so, you know, if a chiropractor would say to them, oh no, it's okay, you know, don't worry about it. I would question that because, you know, basically um, you're just kind of, when you adjust the spine, the goal is to have movement in the mm -hmm. joint. Okay. So if, and, and, uh, although there's a, a, a tiny bit of movement in there, you don't want to adjust into a fused, into the fused area. So that, that would be contraindicated. I would say um, you, but you have to be careful if someone suggests, depending on the level, the, the, the level of fusion uh, traction after the fusion, uh, because uh, you have to be careful with, you know, someone, if you have a mechanical traction, uh, it could be contraindicated to a fused spine as well. Okay. Um, and the best way to, to deal with the flexibility is just stretching. Uh, and and uh, a lot of the stuff nowadays, you can, you know, stretching your, your back or exercising your core. There's so many videos on YouTube too, that you could find nowadays. <laughs> Which you still you know, have to just, be careful with. <laughs> right. That's true. That's very true. Um, um, but, you know, ask the right questions. If, if you want to try chiropractic, make sure that they have experience in treating it. Make sure they're not promising you the moon, you know, like, oh, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to fix you and, and get rid of the curve and, and do all these things and go slow. Make sure the person is going slow. You want to take, you know, baby steps and, and not be too aggressive right off the bat. And, uh, but it can be effective uh, in reducing pain with people who, who, who have it. So okay. I would suggest that that, that is definitely um, a capable thing and, and uh, of chiropractic to achieve. Okay. Well, right. I, I would, I, Jason, I'd like to thank you for uh, taking You're the welcome. time out of your schedule. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. If anybody has any questions, please feel free to reach out to Dr. Jason Cooney at yes. drjasoncooney.com. Um, right. He's happy to absolutely. answer your questions along with his team. And uh, yeah. Jason, I'd like to thank you for being a guest on the T3 Fit Scoliosis podcast. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Teresa. If you'd like to know more about what it's like training with a mace, go to my page at t3fit.com or you can find me on Instagram also under t3fit.
If you like this episode, chances are there's someone else out there who needs to hear it too. So it would be a huge favor to me if you'd go ahead and give us a five-star review. It helps me get the message out to more people. And if you need help moving in pain, then download my five free tips and I'll catch you on the next episode.